Hey, everybody, welcome to Beyond the Pew. We're back, and uh, it's not just Eric, Pastor Eric Gill, M. Div, and I. It is actually uh, another, another edition worship. on the couch today. We got worship director today. Yes, we do. We yeah. Director Sean Colelli. I've made it. I've you, made it. You're I, here. I, yeah, yeah, this is like, yes. this is the, the pinnacle. This is the peak of my I'm, career right here is absolutely. to be a part of this. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, About, this is a yeah. podcast listened to all around the world. Alaska, Hawaii, well, why? And Dominican Republic, Dominican yeah. Republic, and <laughs> a lot of people have wanted to sit in that seat right there. Mm-hmm. Any special jokes you want to yeah, bring along the way? This is the time where you time, get all the jokes out. Jeff Zimmerman was there. He tried to bring in some. Do you jokes. have anything under the couch? <laughs> I don't have anything okay. under the couch. Okay. Sean, no. you look very excited to be yeah. here. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped to be here. Thanks Sean, the million dollar question is: Why are you a director and not a pastor? In your title, what's your job title? <laughs> worship director and not worship pastor. I don't know. Ask ask our leadership. I, like, Bruce. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's that, the that, title to, that they to, gave me. To be honest with you, I don't think a great deal of time and effort goes into <laughs> um, cultivating and constructing and intricately writing the titles of whatever. To be honest with you, I'm not even positive about like what my wow. title is as far as. You mean to tell me you don't know what your title is? What it says? I'm an associate pastor, but I don't know if it says... It might say like associate pastor and elder. I think is what it might say as far as on on my title. So you're an elder. I am. What is I an elder? It's one of the leaders within the ministry. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Well, good for you. I appreciate that. Have you ever read the Bible? Yeah, I read the Bible. the Bible. Okay, yeah. what's well, in there? So what's the difference so between elder, bishop, and pastor? Well, the and director. Terms are, <laughs> terms are used synonymously, and a lot of times the terms we use today obviously would be more cultural terms, right, as far as understanding. Um, so my expectation would be, because Sean is directing what all is happening as it relates to the the music side of things and what's happening on Sunday mornings from the stage, that that would be more of a role of directing, and that's yeah. why that word is used. But but that's a good question. Could he be called a pastor? Sure. Is he a pastoral person? Yeah, well, I would say yes. Are you a pastoral person? Yeah, the heart of a pastor is to shepherd people, and yeah. I feel like I have a desire to do that, and I feel like I, I do that well, is to shepherd like people it. into a time of worship. So, yeah, like But you it. can you can call me whatever you want. You could call me janitor for all I care. Titles don't mean anything to me. Wow. You know, so. Some, Not like Bruce. I have Bruce loves being called reverend. I was just going to say, I found that for you know, younger people, Eric being considered like in a younger generation, because how old are you, Eric? I'm 30. 30. So as someone who is relatively you? younger, I'm 41, um, that... 30, 30 and below, it seems like they have a greater care for like what specifically the title is that they have. I don't know. That's, and I don't, I don't mean don't that as a slight. Accurate. It just seems like a lot of times the younger like are very concerned about like what is your specific title. Yeah, I don't know if that's be... accurate. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's accurate at least in this culture. Now, in the in the honor and respect culture, I would say titles are very important, that's which is my background. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. If you're if you're a younger person comment below like do you care about what your title is at your job i i just feel like when everybody shifts a position or in particular younger people we've hired they've been very concerned about like what's my title i feel like i will be more concerned about my paycheck than my title i mean you can call me whatever mm-hmm. if the paycheck you know reflects something different so it's all about money for you that's that's good yeah i mean if it's all about the yeah. the money that's fine. Yeah, yeah I mean, man, I think man that's has too. to eat. So yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed. I'm gonna go. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is starting to get uh, yes. Sean, we're glad you're here. Thanks. Yeah, we're I'm very glad you're here, Sean. Repping the Indians, or I mean, the Guardians. So um, just Cleveland baseball. Uh, just we we Cleveland don't like baseball. to use that Cleveland name around baseball. here. Yeah. The Guardians. Um, but you know, worship. So 
why don't you walk us through like I don't know, Bruce. Like, what do you think? Uh, walk us through your your idea. Like, first of all, define what worship is, because maybe there's somebody watching and they think that worship is just singing a song, but we will know that worship is more than that, uh, or is it more than that? So let's just start with like, what is worship? Uh, yeah, I mean, worship. Uh, I think the universal term for for worship would be paying homage to something or someone um here in our world is we're we're paying homage to um to christ like uh we uh, exalt him and, and lift him up and and that should be um in every aspect of our lives mm-hmm. i always say that worship is not what christians do it's what people do um so we're all worshipers of something um and some of those things are not the greatest things to be worshiping um, but if we can kind of fix what we're, what we were designed and created to do, which is worship and fix that on Christ, um, and, and pay homage to him, exalt him in, in every aspect of our lives. Like what's the greatest command that's love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm. Like that's, that's what worship is all about there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think <coughs> truly everybody's worshiping someone or something. Yeah. Um, I forget who it was. Someone used to say their wife was always going to Target to worship um, and talking about, like, the frequency of, like, it was a joke of going and paying time and money and <laughs> everything else to Target. Uh, but they were just making the point of, like, this is a frequent thing that they mm-hmm. do, and they, they hold that in such high uh, yeah. esteem. But everybody's worshiping something, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think um, we come sometimes can think that that's just a Christian term or, yeah. or something that just yeah. in the evangelical community is embraced, but that's not the case. I mean, mm-hmm. people understand when someone says, hey, you're worshiping that person or you're worshiping that team or you're worshiping that store. People understand that what's there is this co- commitment of self to and yeah. and wanting to exalt, wanting to pay homage to, wanting to you know build up or magnify that, that individual, that entity. <clears throat> and so... Um, it's a good question for the believer of what does that look like in our own lives as far yeah. as our worship of Christ. And I think one of the things that you've done, Sean, which is great, is you're wanting to give that attention and focus on Sunday mornings when we're in our services to Christ, the worship of Christ. And then obviously our desire as pastors, as leaders of folks in our churches, that doesn't just start and end during the Sunday morning service, but mm-hmm. that's something that continues throughout our week beyond the pew. as Beyond the Pew, mm-hmm. um, which is mm-hmm. the the namesake here, um, when we leave the doors of the church as well, uh, that that worship of Christ would continue. So, so, uh, Sean, why is it that when someone here worship, they always associate it with music? And, like, like we wouldn't necessarily call uh, sitting through a service where there's only preaching, call it, we wouldn't call that a worship service, or at least most people wouldn't call that a worship service. But based on the definition that you guys are given, that will, will be considered a worship service. Uh, but why is it that we always associate the worship with music? We listen to worship music. We don't listen to worship messages, you know, mm-hmm. like that lingo yeah. that people use. Uh, why is that? That's uh, a good question. I, I, I'm not sure, honestly. I, I think it's just something that we've uh, adopted into our, our lingo. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're 100% right is like, you know, music, music is not worship. Mm-hmm. It's an act of worship, um, but it's not worship. 
Like well, it again, can be. It can be. It's yeah. it's it's paying it's paying again. Homage. Like I said, homage. It's yeah. it's bending the knee. It's it's uh, you know that passage uh, that says you know. Uh, you know, true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth, or or the passage just says that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Like mm-hmm. worship is all about abandoning self mm-hmm. and and giving giving it giving it to the Lord. And so, I, I think I think it's just something that we've adapted in in our culture. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I would agree that like. The preaching of God's word is is an act of worship. Um, you know, our uh, fellowship with one another can be an act of worship. Our 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 tithing can be an act of worship. Like there's yeah. there's many things that we do um, on Sundays. Our 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 taking of of the elements in communion is an act of worship. Baptism is an act act of worship. Again, yeah. this is all abandoning self you know i think baptism is a is a huge act of worship mm-hmm. it's abandoning self declaring to to the world that hey like christ lives in me and mm-hmm. i belong to him now and so yeah yeah i think it's very interesting because like when you think about like we're listening to worship music again using the lingo like when you using when you think about listening to christian music the tendency is if you want like like I if I can think of myself like if I'm gonna set myself in a if I'm gonna go to my office or I'm gonna go to my room or a quiet place where I want the song like my often what I tend to do is like I go into it with an attitude of like let this minister to me I like you said I want through this music I'm gonna pay homage to God now I get it to some people music speaks to them more than anything else right okay putting that aside. But it's interesting to me because that's not the attitude we will carry in other areas of life. Like I don't, I won't necessarily necessarily go all the time and and sit through a message and be like, I'm gonna pay homage to God by listening to what He wants to tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go into work today and I'm gonna pay homage to God by living in a way that brings Him honor in God. Uh, but there's it's interesting that like we tend to just feel that way when it comes to music more than we tend to do in all areas of our life. Which is worship. We don't worship God through just by what we sing, but by how we live, you know, mm-hmm. and that will encompass singing. Yeah, I think part of the reason why singing has been so largely associated with worship and active worship is you see that consistently in the Old Testament and New Testament, mm-hmm. right? That people would be singing as they were going up to the temple to to present their sacrifice, or yeah. they. They would. You have the Psalms that um, many believe was a collection of of just songs that were mm-hmm. sung as an act of worship unto the Lord. I mean, you see the throne room scene in Revelation that we read on Sunday in Revelation chapter five, and you see the different scenes of of just what would appear to be worship of Christ and singing that comes with that. Yeah. I think is something that is so largely. Um, I guess you could say is, is so largely represented biblically both in the Old and New Testaments that that's why I think for a lot of people this whole idea of our singing, our songs, mm-hmm. presenting to the Lord as an act of worship is seen scripturally. Um, it's interesting because Paul said in Romans 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> our... Our act of, of worship, and, and depending on the translation there, some might say your reasonable service or your reasonable expectation to God mm-hmm. isn't just compartmentalized into one area. Yeah. It is literally the presentation of our yeah. whole selves yeah. to the Lord 
yeah. as an act of worship yeah. and, and letting us, you know, basically have this mentality, this mindset that it is not about me, it is about yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things I know we've tried to do on Sunday mornings in our, our Sunday morning worship services is making it about worship yeah. of the Lord more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of churches differ on that. I mean, Sean, one of the things uh, you made clear in coming here is that your desire on Sunday mornings is to point people to, towards worship. Mm -hmm. and, and some churches, they design their Sunday morning services to be more outreach-focused, mm -hmm. seeker-sensitive. They want to do everything with the visitor in mind as kind of their driving force, right, mm -hmm. or their driving purpose. Um, what would you say is the driving purpose for you? Like, as you look at Sunday morning and leading up front, what, what is the primary focus you have or what drives you in that? Yeah, my, my goal every Sunday is I, I hope people leave here with a better understanding of who Christ is, uh, a, a, a bigger desire to love him more, mm -hmm. uh, to give their lives to him. Like, I, I always say this, I specifically say this to our, our team almost on a weekly basis. So, look, there's nowhere in the Bible that justifies what I do in my position. Um, like, and and, a lot, and some people go, well, what do you mean by that? And Same I, is true I with say, youth pastors. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. No, no, we, we have, that's not in the Bible. Youth pastor? No, no, but they were youthful. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, nope. yeah, like, so you see a lot of, in the Bible, you see a lot of worship, and you see a lot of leadership, but zero worship leadership. Now, some people would say, well, you don't believe David was a worship leader? And I go, no, I, I believe David was a king, which was a big leader for sure. the nation of Israel, and he was a man after God's own heart. He had a desire to worship sure. worship mm. God. So again, mm. there's a lot of leadership and there's a lot of worship, zero worship leadership. So I believe that in churches today, we need less song leaders um, who just get up there and just sing songs, and we need more worship pastors. Worship wow. pastors love people, shepherd people into knowing Christ more through the songs that we sing. And that's why it's so important to me to sing exalting, uplifting songs that are biblically accurate. Sure. That's, that's a very good way to put it. Um, and I think what the challenge, not the challenge, but the thing that's interesting is that we currently live in a culture where the not necessarily, call it production, call it worship service, call it whatever you want, but those things are exalted. Uh, I mean, people looking for churches, they want to find a church that, offers a very well elaborated service where the music and the production is well done. And, uh, and, and many will even argue that being in a place like that is a place where, where God speaks to them. So the, where I'm going with this is, is so like with, with songs, there's, there's so many songs now and now with Spotify, with iTunes and whatever, uh, there's, it's so easy for us to just have access to music. Mm -hmm. And so um, would you say that, let, let, let me start with this one. What would you say are the pros and cons of the culture that we have today, the, the, the Christian culture of music? Uh, how much of music we have out there? How many artists we have out there? How accessible it is? Like, what, is, what are the pros and cons of that? Um, are you just saying within the music industry in general in, or just music Christian industry, music? Music industry, but for Christians. For Christians, yeah. Because you have a lot. I mean, you have from from Chris, uh, Chris Tomlin to mm -hmm. Elevation Worship, from Maverick City to um, 
you know, uh, casting crowd, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, th- I think you, you look like a casting. Crowd. <laughs> I think the culture has kind of changed uh, now in this generation to, I would say, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, where one of the th- one of the things that I feel like I'm seeing is there's so much talent out there these days. Um, and I think a lot of musicians, um, songwriters have realized that Christians eat up worship music. They just love it and they love good worship music. And so what we're, what we're doing, what a lot of ministries are doing is they're building their churches, um, brand brand with with music and not sound doctrine. Um, and so we see that in ministries like Bethel. We see that in ministries like Hillsong, Elevation Worship, um, Jesus Culture. Um, is like, hey, like this is what attracts people to the church. Let's take all of our resources and just dump a ton of resources into making this the best thing. Mm. And this will draw people into the church rather than trying to draw people with the word of God and truth. But let me, so, so you threw a few names there. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I have my earbuds in and I play Spotify and a song from Elevation Worship comes up. Mm-hmm. And you know the song just like like the God used that song and speaks to me. You instantly start weeping. It's instantly every start time, weeping every time. every time you listen to it. You start yeah. crying. It's like a song that like really gets to you. You get in the car. It's in the radio. You know, and like you you see your friends posting it in their church. Uh, is that wrong? Would you say that like because the ministers himself are not so concerned about their doctrine, and we and and I guess by going on a limb, we will say that. Their uh, their doctrine is not accurate as to the scripture. Mm-hmm. Would it be wrong for me to listen to their music if that's if they're the ones producing it, or you know, what were you were you were you at on this? Well, let me ask you this question. Um, I asked the question. Would it <laughs> would it be appropriate for me to sing a song here at Maranatha written by the Mormon Church? That was based off of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wow. Elder? Would it be wrong? Would it, would it be appropriate for I would, me to I wouldn't it? feel it would be appropriate. Why wouldn't it be appropriate? Well, I think there would be a lot of distraction, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the, if the words that are being sung are biblically accurate and they're according to Scripture, because you could have both secular and sacred... Mm-hmm. you know, uh, authors that are coming at it from a perspective. I mm-hmm. mean, when Paul talked about if Christ is, repre- is preached, I rejoice. So mm-hmm. if the content of the song is biblically accurate, mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel you'd necessarily be doing something sinful to sing a song because the person who wrote it does not know Christ mm-hmm. or is not. Even even if the Christ that they sing is a different Christ that we that we. Well, that's believe. why I'm saying I wouldn't think it would be appropriate in a worship service to sing mm-hmm. it because the individuals that are writing it and the distraction would be if the Mormon church is producing it, we know for a fact that what they're saying in that song about Christ is not according to scripture yeah. because they have a completely different viewpoint of Christ. Right. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it would be inappropriate 
in a worship service to be singing something that had a, I would say, a um, dare I even say, demonic mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. from the standpoint of those that would view Christ as the brother to Satan mm-hmm. Would be a demonic line of thinking, mm-hmm. in yeah. my opinion. So yeah. I would yeah. I would steer clear. Of that. Yeah, and and that that would be the same the same reason why I point at some of these ministries and go. It wouldn't be appropriate for us to sing from these ministries. Now, give it. I have. Yeah. I have sung from these ministries in the past, but the more that I I look into their their doctrine on what they teach, the more I realize. The same Jesus that we preach here at Maranatha is not the same Jesus mm. that they preach. And that's that's the same argument yeah. about the Mormon church is, yeah, you believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's it's a different Jesus. Yeah. It's a different Christ. And and look, like I get that this is a this is a conviction that everybody has to take personally. This yeah. is a conviction that I take personally my own, only because I have I have I've listened to sermons from these from these ministries um you know Stephen Furtick from Elevation Worship um he takes the little god mentality where it's like anything that Christ was able to do like we have the power to do as well and so Christ walked on water if we have enough faith like we can do that exact same thing um like there's a sermon out there where Stephen Furtick actually claims to be the Lord God Almighty. He goes, I am the Lord God Almighty. Yeah, um, I watched that sermon. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 pretty blasphemous. Um it's the same thing mm-hmm. with like with Bethel. Um Bethel has come out, denied the deity of Jesus. Um, you know, when, when they take that verse that he emptied himself, they say that he emptied himself of deity as well. Um and uh, they've specifically said Jen Johnson from Bethel, who's the the main worship girl that you hear on all the albums, is the the daughter of um, Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel. Um, she has gotten up and said that you know she believes the Holy Spirit um, to be like the genie from Aladdin. Um, she sees him as as blue, and he only has good thoughts for me. He's also sneaky, by the way. Like this is all the stuff that she says. She sure. she mm-hmm. goes on to talk about the sense of humor of uh, of of Jesus, and 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 she talks about the seraphim and the angels in Isaiah chapter six around the throne, and and how uh, they're probably. Uh, they enjoy the sense of humor of 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 God and and that they're texting each other and they're having farting contests with each other. Like she literally says this. I have I have videos of of her saying this. Like um, there's another pastor from Bethel that has specifically said that he heard the Lord talk to him audibly, and that the Lord wrapped him in his arms. Um, and ask and and Jesus asked this individual for forgiveness that Jesus began to weep and say will you please forgive me yeah. like yeah. like it's blasphemy and so like sure. yeah like some yeah. of the songs you you look at like you go man these are these are such great songs sure. um and some of them are yeah biblically accurate but i don't believe that it's the same Jesus that uh that sure. they 
that they believe in that we believe in and yeah. it's the same thing right now hillsong right now they're going through major issues uh there's a docuseries on discovery plus about uh sexual abuse and and specifically within children like um the founder um phil johnson or not phil johnson uh yeah, the uh, Brian Houston. Brian Houston uh, at Hillsong. Like his dad was the founder of Hillsong. Yeah, and uh, and he's been accused of uh, like sexual abuse within within children in in the church. And then Brian Houston, who's the pastor of it now, uh, hid all that. Yeah. Um, and and never told anybody. And now it's all coming out. And uh, Brian Houston has stepped down from Hillsong. He's potentially seeing prison time because in Australia it's against the law to to hide any of that. Mm, and sure. so, mm. um, so it would, yeah. you know, there there's a lot of things that would hinder me from yeah. wanting to sing sing songs from those ministries. So sure. go, going back to a, a verse he catch he like quickly referenced but in philippians you have paul talking to the philippians to the church there and he mentions to them how you know there are some people out there that are taking advantage of paul's being in prison and one of the things they're doing is that they're preaching the gospel they're going around and proclaiming christ with selfish intent mm -hmm. they're doing it to gain to gain wealth to gain fame to gain power whatever it is they're doing it for selfish intent and paul's response to that was like well so long as the Christ is being preached, mm -hmm. you know, let it be, whatever, mm -hmm. right? So in our culture, those things that you have said are alarming. They should have been happening. It's terrible that that's like those churches are finding themselves believing those things and doing those things. But let's say that they come out with a song and to a person and that is a random person listening to the song, they will say, those songs God has greatly ministered to me. Will you say that there is uh, that that will fall on the same category as Paul uh, statement, or would you say that could be completely different? That uh, just because the source of what those songs are coming from is evil or, or wrong, we should not associate ourselves with those songs. Like, where you land on that? How will you deal with that argument? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's different back then compared to where it is now. I think. Um, the problem that we have now with a lot of that stuff is every song that I sing on Sunday, we have to pay a royalty as a church to. So we have a license that we, that we pay for. And so my thought process is, is like, look, we're, we're funding, we're helping fund heresy. Uh, I don't ever want people to listen to these songs and go, I want to know more about Bethel church and go and listen to these sermons and then be influenced mm. by, by these sermons. The, the benefit of what Paul was saying is, is like people, people were actually preaching the gospel, the true gospel, but just for their selfish intent. And Paul is saying in that passage is like, look, like the gospel is being proclaimed. Yeah. He's not saying, well, the false gospel is being proclaimed. Yeah. Like yeah. he's saying the gospel is being proclaimed. Yeah. And so that, that, I think that's the difference is the false gospel is being proclaimed here mm -hmm. through these biblically accurate songs. Correct. But that's what I'm saying. I go back yeah. to that point of ministries realize that what attracts people to the church is good music. If we have good music, we can we can grow our ministry. Yeah. We can have millions of dollars yeah. to do whatever it is that we want. And, and that's where I think the huge distinction between what you're referencing in Philippians and what you're talking about is is 
it was the true gospel. Like mm-hmm. if Christ is being preached, yeah. I mean, Paul was the biggest proponent of like, if anybody preaches to you any other gospel than what you've curse. heard, let them be accursed, right? Mm-hmm. So if if we let Paul listen to, you know, and again, I'm just going to sell like what you mentioned with Bethel, Hillsong, Stephen Furtick from Elevation Worship. If we If we let Paul consistently listen to what they're teaching, what they're saying, my assumption would be um, he wouldn't necessarily be embracing their songs, right? But but here's the here's the question, I guess, that goes to my mind with what you're referencing, Eric, even about specifically to songs that people listen to and it moves them and it and it, and it is like it hits them. Like, and I think everybody has certain songs that when they listen to them, they're like it, it just really tugs mm-hmm. at your heart. And this is just this can sound super spiritual, so I'm not even talking about like myself in this. But the question that would come to mind because we're doing a study on Psalm 119 on Thursday nights for the men's study. And the psalmist fills 176 verses in Psalm 119, and the Word of God is referenced or mentioned in those 176 verses between 170 and 180 times mm-hmm. in those verses, in one chapter, in Psalm 119. And everything that he mentions in it is about the Scriptures, is about mm-hmm. them being his delight, his counselor, that which instructs him. So the question I naturally have that comes to my mind as we're talking about this, and again, I, I, this is a question for myself as well. Why are Christians, or why do Christians seem to be so much more moved by songs rather than Scripture? Yeah. Right? I I mean, that's something for me. Like, when I'm reading, like, if we sing a song about the return of Christ, and we're like, ah, like, that song just, it makes me want to go share the gospel with everybody. Why does the song move us but not God's Word to the same level when we read about the return of Christ? Because you have... Scripture is inspired by God, right? And I think people who write songs, maybe the Lord is, you know, obviously giving them wisdom and he and he leads them and directs them, but it's not authoritative. It's not correct. It's not eternal, right? The scriptures are eternal. So mm-hmm. it, it makes it's kind of like a convicting thing to think, okay, why do I put such a high emphasis, maybe more so on the content of music even yeah. than I do mm-hmm. on the content of God's word? Yeah. Um, which is obviously different when you have straight scripture being sung. Yeah. I, I would accredit it to, to two things. One, because one, let me start with this one. Because one, because we, music, uh, like, music uh, affects the emotions. And our current generation and our current society, we're all about emotions and how we feel and our feelings and things like that. And so music is an instrument that moves people in their mm-hmm. emotions and feeling. And so because that is our current society and what we like, it affects us more emotionally. Whereas the Bible, really what I would say is affects the heart. And it's not as uh, appealing or as enticing as, you know, a song that makes me feel happy or a song that makes me feel like love. Like like the Bible, and although those things happen when you read the scripture, if you actually dig it, uh, you know, it's it's cut. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a two-edged sword that sharps and, and pierces the heart, yeah. right? And so it really convicts you. It really pushes you to re-examining things. And many times it's not a feeling that people like to, to have. That's one thing. The other thing I would say, too, is because we're, we tend to be lazy, lazy crazy. And we like to, we don't like to do our own thing. We like people to just deliver things on a platter. So music delivers what we should think about God in a platter. Uh, we go son, uh, we go to church on Sunday, and we sit there, and we want the pastors to tell us what we should believe. We listen to podcasts because we want to know from what the podcasters are, you know, irony, we're doing one. But we want to know from the podcasters what it's that we should do on daily days. What should we do on uh, uh, what, how we should deal with different issues, opposed to 
let me to take the time today and do my own research from the scripture and see what is that the Bible is saying that I need to do. I feel like that's 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 one of the main reasons why you see that going on today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I think you bring up a good point. And I, I think that's why like we need to look at the scriptures like the scripture tells us what the true worshiper will worship in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Correct. The spirit aspect of that verse is the emotional part of worship. Yeah. Um, and I, I had a feeling that this was like something that we were going to get to today. So I printed out this quote. Um, John Piper says this, when it comes to worship in spirit and in truth, it's all about head and heart. Okay. So he says this together, the word spirit and truth mean that real worship comes from the spirit within and is based on true views of God. Worship must have heart and worship must have head. Worship must engage your emotions and worship must engage your thoughts. Truth without emotion produces dead orthodox and a church full of unspiritual fighters. Emotion without truth produces empty frenzy and cultivates flaky people who reject the discipline of rigorous thought. True worship comes from people who are deeply emotional and who love deep and sound doctrine. Hmm. Like, so... Like that emotion, that emotional part, like when you do feel emotional through the songs that we sing, like those are, those are good things. Now we don't want, we don't necessarily want our emotions to drive our worship. That's why, you know, we're told to worship him in spirit and truth. We want, we want those both to, to, to drive our worship. And sure. And so I I think, I think that's so important. That's that's a crazy uh, passage. It's the story of the woman of the well, Samaria. And like the, what Jesus continues and says, like the, like those are the people that he's looking, people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. But we so, like you mentioned, we so heavenly rely on the spirit aspect of things, our whole being, all that we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often they neglect, you know, the truth mm-hmm. that comes from the word of God. Yeah. And and to the, the invitation, or not the invitation, but the, like the, the emphasis that Jesus is making is like, there's going to come a time that those are the people that we're going to be looking for, yeah. you know? And I wonder like if today, how many of us in the church will fall into that description of people that worship God in spirit and truth. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so important, at least to me as a, as a worship director, um, is that's why it's so important for me to sing biblically accurate songs. Um, because like our emotions can deceive us Mm -hmm. and, and I can do things as a musician that could probably pull out the emotions from you. I could sing songs that could make you feel something that isn't, really there and so like the truth aspect of that singing biblical accurate songs is so important because that's where you know your true emotions are going to come out when you when you uh sing about god's goodness or his grace and his mercy and what he has done on that cross for us like like that makes me emotional thinking about like i once was dead in the trespasses of my sins, mm-hmm. but because of his great love for me, sure. um, like that, that makes me emotional and that makes me want to sing more and exalt the Lord yeah. more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. that's where truth has to inform that, right? Yes. Yeah. It, if it's not truth, 
that's informing that, then it's really it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. it's not based upon truth, yeah. Then then it's it's a lie. Yeah. Uh, and and you can get real emotional about a lot of things that make no sense. Yeah. You know? And I think that's interesting because like the, in the conversation with this woman, she's referring to how many people were going to this place to worship, mm-hmm. and and my looking at what the conversation is like it is safe to assume that those people were worshiping in spirit they were worshiping without truth which is what you're saying and the importance of doing it with it too uh but sean last question uh what is your favorite worship song wow of all times of all times we know it's jeremy camp but what is it called jeremy camp <laughs> um no i that's a that's a great question i mean there's there's so many um there's so many uh i don't know i like i really love i really love the old hymn be thou my vision um I like we that that one's like uh a big one to it's me but with with uh organ um with the organ no no, uh, no i mean I, yeah i mean i can appreciate the organ okay. but no i'm i'm there's there's some versions of be thou my vision out there I just how really, does that go uh, be that? thou my vision uh, it's one of the oldest oh, hymns. Yes. It's one of the oldest hymns that we have written today. That was like, uh, I think that was written like mm. close to like two to three thousand years ago, something like that. It's that's, it's an old hymn. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite hymns as well. Yeah. Um, I well, how does that go, Bruce? Fun yeah. fact: I sang that hymn at a sunrise service. Wow! At the church, oh, show us, show us, at the Bruce. church that pastor I used to Bruce pastor. Bruce singing direct. Sing, so you? be thou wow. my vision. Worship director, Pastor no, Bruce Robes. I didn't say that. It was a sunrise service. It's like six o'clock in the morning, so my voice was really deep in the morning as Let's well. And so, no, I'm not doing that. But my point is, that was the song I picked. I could pick whatever I want, and that was the hymn I picked mm. because I love wow. that hymn. You didn't pick Jira? But, uh, I did not. Shut I know up, you're a big Jira guy. No, yeah, you're a huge Jira. You weep no. when you hear Jira. You, you, no, say, you, you ask about Jira at least once a week. Because it you're is a, a song that is everywhere. <laughs> I just want to know where you're at on Jira. That's, 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 that's it. Um, my favorite, just so you guys go on, my all-time favorite song, it is It Is Well. It Is Well. It Is Well. Mm. Yeah. It's a good is, one. That is an all-time favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Beth. You know version. the story behind that song, oh, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's partially, one. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's yeah. good. It's a good one. Yeah. I also like A Mighty Fortress Is Our God, little Martin Luther. A Mighty yeah, that's Fortress a really good one. Yeah. What was the one we sang? At, uh, oh, man, you and I were sitting by each other, and we looked, and we were like, wow. We literally looked at each other, and we were like, wow, on Good Friday. Um, power of the Cross. How does that go? This the power of love. Yes. That one? Yes, that's one of that's another one. It's a good one, yeah. the Gettys. Yeah, I'm a Christian. huge All Creatures of Our God and King fan right now. Yeah. The, the version that we do, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. That's a, a, to wrap it up. Favorite favorite worship uh, uh, band or artist? Favorite worship band or artist? Yeah, uh, Sean Chloe. Amen. If I'm listening to well, no, I would say. Um, Right now, and I think some of this is based upon what we're currently as a church, and I've listened to a lot more of them as Shane and Shane right now. They're, Shane and Shane. They've been great. I just talked to someone recently. Who was it? Oh, Michael Graining. Um, and he was he was Shout at a conference. He was at a conference where they were there, and he was just talking about their authenticity and, mm-hmm. and the stuff they're putting out. And so even on right now on Spotify, I have a ton of Shane and Shane that I'm mm-hmm. listening to because yeah. they're, they're just great. Yeah. I mean, their songs are great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of what they're singing is scripture. So I would say big right now with them. Yeah. 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 When yeah. it comes to when it comes to 
what I was saying about we need less song leaders and more worship pastors. Those yeah. guys, to me, are you know the definition of what worship pastors sure. should should yeah. be. So, yeah. yeah. How about yeah. for you? So I mean, I'll be put it out there. I do listen to like whatever Spotify top hundred uh, worship song artists are there. I just like music. Now I don't look at those things to in teach in part me truth or anything. But if I was to pick one, uh, I really like Shane Chain. And back on my Spanish roots, I really like. Uh, there's a church in the DR that's called Iglesia Bautista uh, Internacional. Yeah, uh, they have really good music that they come out with, but it's like their Spanish version of the Sovereign Grace. Mm. Yeah. So. So in your your phone right now, Spotify. If you were listening to a playlist, the the most common artist that's on your so playlist th- if you be- go to my phone right now on Spotify, you'll see that I've been listening to uh, best best worship. Is there's a playlist called Best Life Worship or Worship Now? Mm. Where they have a random of. Our artists from Chain and Shane, Worship to Maverick, Maverick, uh, Ma- Maverick uh, and things like that. You or, guys know I created a playlist, right? You know, like yeah, for Maranatha, like we have a playlist. Oh, it's an that NBC you guys playlist. Could yeah, oh, NBC. Yeah, the link is gonna be in the you, description. You would never. Well, people probably see it because it's You can see when you walk in every door, right there. The, but if they're if they're in Hawaii, if they're in Hawaii or Alaska, they don't see the the. You come to Maranatha? Yeah, I'm just okay. Wow. I'm just curious. I mean, you're you're like we do. It's been on like every entrance. I mean, I know. Yeah. I mean, Shane and Shane's on there. Yeah. Sovereign Grace, Keith and Kristen Getty. Yeah. You know, the, uh, what's, what's, that, what's that worship band or that worship people? The, ga- the Gators. The, ga- <laughs> the Gators. Gators. The that's, Gators. That's I have really old school. Yeah. yeah. You have Gators. them there. Uh, I we do one song from the Gators. We, uh, like we just did it a few weeks ago because he lives. You know who I came across? I mean, I, it's it starts with Keith. Keith and Kristen Getty? Is that what they are? The I, Gettys? I sent it to you. That I was like, man, yeah. this is really awesome. Is the that, is the that Gettys, it? yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been, I've, been gr- I've, I've been liking them, too. Yeah, they do that song. They yeah. wrote that song, I Will Wait yeah. For You, Psalm 130. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, great. So, uh, last question. I'm hey, going to keep saying last did, question. Wasn't it like a dream of yours to be a professional singer? Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask, no, when, I mean, is, the next, just, when is the next tryout? When song? is the next tryout for the worship team at Maranatha Baba Church? Maybe there's somebody watching here that is talented musically and is really good at singing, like Pastor Bruce. Who Could we do an do audition right now for Eric? Because he loves this. And 100, he wants to 100%. Be a singer. Yeah. Let's hear something. Well, I will time. sing if you sing. What do you want? What are you going to sing? I want you to sing that song you sang at the Sunrise. Uh, no, be that my vision. You got. I got to be up early for that. No, uh, I'll do same, a little. How about same. some Tom Jones? Uh, sing it as well. <laughs> sing it as well. Please do, Tom uh, Jones. I would like now. to hear the. I would sing like to it hear. as well. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Do 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 do. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. Okay, now let me hear. That's Tom Jones. Now let me hear you sing. I don't know any. I don't know who Tom Jones is. No, I want to yeah. hear you audition for the. I want to hear you audition yeah. for the worship. No, just kidding. Uh. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's go. Come well, on. It is well. It is well with my soul, with my soul. I'm doing the two voices. It is well, it is well with my soul, 
you have to do this or else it's not true. That's good. This is not true. It's not true. That was good. It's amazing how serious you took that. I took it serious. It's an audition. Really serious. I'm auditioning right now. If Mary and I ever come with a choir. Tom Jones, you're singing some serious. I told you what my favorite song was. That's the only one I know, really. That's good. Now you've Now you've heard him. Sean. Yeah, I, I I have heard him. That's good. Yeah. I've been here all week. <laughs> I, I have, have yeah. heard him. I've been here all week. Yeah. yeah. Can you do um can you do something else more current? We'd like to hear something. Okay. Maybe for our uh Spanish church plant. Yeah, that's not yeah. gonna happen. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well done. Thank you. Um, that probably needs to be in the description. Eric Gill, Pastor Eric Gill, singing It Is Well With My Soul. It Is Well With My Soul. Yes. Yeah, because it's a, this podcast is about me. It has become about you all of a sudden. I don't know why. But uh, it's <laughs> wow. your audition. I'm wow. just I'm wow. kidding. All right, Pastor. <laughs> our, pastor uh, our worship director. <laughs> Sean Kaleli. What is the question we end every episode? We do. We end on a question. Pastor you know Steve question didn't know is. it. I do. Jeff kind of knew it. I do. I, yeah. I make a joke about it. Uh, all the time, but I do know I do know what the question is. Wow, wow. I said a joke okay. to you. Okay. Well, Why no, I, I, I you guys all because you guys always ask me what is the question that we we ask yeah. at the end of we every don't podcast. Think you listen to the podcast. No, true. I do listen to the podcast. Wow. I just I just skip over the ones where you guys are talking about, about Steve about his shoes about shoes and, yeah. and I didn't sports talk a lot and about you. He has all that. A lot of shoes. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, what is your life like behind? The pew. <laughs> Beyond. Beyond the pew. Beyond the, uh, behind the pew. <laughs> Do you mean that? Yeah, is that a mistake? Or you that's the this? joke that I make, uh, okay. is behind the pew. <laughs> when you ask me, what is your yes. life? I say, yeah, what is your life like behind the pew? Beyond, behind. Beyond the pew, I know. Yes, well, we hope, it, we hope it's honoring to the Lord. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Maybe have another guest next week. Yeah, maybe keep singing. Yeah, maybe keep we'll have Pastor Steve next week. No, nah, he doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay, well, yeah. we'll see. But thank do, you. Do thank you just you. say that about everybody? Like what? everybody that's this here that like they just don't listen to the podcast? Eric says no, that. No, just people you. do. Yeah. yeah oh, do. just me? Yes, because you, you just said it about Steve, though, too. You did just uh, say it. Oh, and Steve. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Good, good spot to end. Yeah.